You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Joe Biden in Ukraine. Wow, this was a surprise. First reported by Newsmax, by the way. We got a tip. Chris Ruddy reported it. And all day long, I've been hearing uh, from the fake news how beautiful this moment was, how Churchillian, how Putin can take that because this is happening. Actually, for me, it got me suspicious. All right. And it got me kind of annoyed. Look, I want Ukraine to win this thing, but I am frustrated about the money that's been spent so far. More on that in a moment. And seeing Joe Biden over there again reminds me of his entanglements with that country. Hunter, remember, Hunter had a no-show job in Ukraine for about $130,000 a month. If I know that, you know that. Zelensky definitely knows that. More on the potential corruption in the moment. Uh, but first, here's a little bit of Joe today, and here's another reason to not be impressed. Unchecked aggression is a threat to all of us. We build a coalition of nations from the Atlantic to the Pacific, NATO to the, in the Atlantic, Japan in the Pacific, I mean, across the, across the world. The number of nations stood up over 50. Help Ukraine defend itself. Mm, a little rough there, as usual. Can't blame the jet lag. He does that here. So far, the United States, we estimate $196 billion. Can it be that high? Really? That's, and Joe doesn't seem to understand, and too many members of Congress, they don't seem to understand that this is not their money. This is our money. And I don't think we've had a sufficient national conversation. It's been a one-way conversation, right? This money will go. I want Ukraine to uh, win. Yeah. But this is, this is getting a little bit out of hand, potentially. Uh, Joe wrote a nice little note for the world, uh, reminding everybody how many times he's been to Kiev, which has captured a part of my heart. I knew I would be back. <laughs> uh, well, it was Hunter Biden's place of employment, and I think he went back for a lot of reasons. Who knows? But, hey, the fake news all day long swooning about this trip. President Biden already on the move, headed to Poland as we speak, following that unannounced and unprecedented visit to Ukraine. A very encouraging visit and, and an, uh, almost an unprecedented one. A truly unprecedented trip happening now in Ukraine. President Biden's unprecedented trip to Ukraine comes just one day before a high-stakes speech by Russia's President Vladimir Putin. 
I don't know what's so unprecedented about it. Uh, you know, presidents have been to war zones before. President Trump went to not only Iraq, but he also went to Afghanistan as president of the United States. George W. Bush went to Iraq. Remember when he fed Turkey to the troops and also went back a few years later and had a shoe thrown at him during a press conference. This is what American leaders do when we're at war. Richard Nixon visited Vietnam. He actually went to Vietnam in the middle of the war, South Vietnam. Look, I know what they're saying. Um, no president has gone to a war zone where we weren't fighting the war. And that actually kind of makes sense, right? I mean, it really does. So why did Joe go to Ukraine? Let's point out where he's not going, of course, the southern border. Who wants to go there? I mean, <laughs> there's no money to be made there, but there are potentially a lot of votes coming in. Let's see, what else is Joe Biden blowing off? Uh, oh, East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, that's not a cool place for Joe to be, and I think there's very little potential for profit or payback. Um, the border, how about Hunter Biden? Has he uh, ever been to the... No, that's not a place that would interest him either. And same goes for East Palestine. But when it comes to Ukraine, <laughs> Joe and Hunter get dressed up for Ukraine. You know, I watched uh, Zelensky and Joe Biden walk around today. And, you know, let's face it, Zelensky, he knows things about Joe Biden. He does. The whole country, the whole world knows. Those who are willing to see the truth Donald Trump actually told Zelensky, didn't have to tell him. Zelensky actually already knew. Now, it's ancient history now, but the first impeachment, do you remember? Donald Trump was impeached twice. The first impeachment was about that phone call between President Trump and Zelensky. Uh, here are some passages, and it's kind of fascinating looking back at it now. President Zelensky, on all of Donald Trump's observations about what was happening between the two countries, yes, you are absolutely right. Not only 100%, but actually 1,000%. Now Trump lays this on him. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. Everyone overlooks this. Zelensky's reaction to that. I wanted to tell you about the prosecutor. First of all, I understand and am knowledgeable. I'm knowledgeable about the situation, the situation involving Hunter, Joe. And yes, Joe Biden was running around bragging about having that prosecutor fired. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. Joe is compromised. Our friends and allies, he's compromised in Ukraine and in China. Absolutely. President Xi, he knows what we know. You know, the fake news can discount all of these uh, reports from the Republicans on Capitol Hill. Oh, the Republicans are Republicans. They know what's going on. And President Xi is playing footsie now with Vladimir Putin. Yes, very much so. President Xi just might give weapons to Russia in its current situation. Uh, what are we going to do about it? Apparently not too much because, well, Joe and Hunter are compromised. China, <laughs> ask Mr. Babalinsky, all right, all the stuff that they were doing over there, 10% for the big guy. So the balloon goes right across the country, and we allow it to happen. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, so we're really going to call them out on it, right? 
Not really, because, well, of Joe's entanglements. He's not representing us. He's not in the clear. He's not, despite what he told Hunter that time. Look at the Secretary of State. Now, this is a moment. He came face to face with the Chinese. And this is how he handled the overall situation with the balloon, weapons to Ukraine potentially. Just listen to this. I made very clear to him that China sending a surveillance balloon over the United States in violation of our sovereignty, uh, in violation of international law, was unacceptable and must never happen again. I told him quite simply that that was unacceptable and can never happen again. That that action was unacceptable and must never happen again. There isn't a person in the world who wouldn't be tempted to defy this man. I have a feeling that's about as much force as he delivered the message in person, right? That's it. That's what he's got. Remember about this guy, the Secretary of State. He was in business with Joe Biden. That phony baloney Biden Penn Center where they found all the secret documents. You see the guy with them looking on longingly at Joe Biden? That's Tony Blinken. More weakness from the Secretary of State. Where is Henry Kissinger or Al Haig? What I can also tell you is this was an opportunity to speak very clearly and very directly about the fact that China sent a surveillance balloon uh, over our territory. Is the State Department working on a genocide determination? We will, uh, as always, look at every uh, legal possibility when it comes to going after the atrocities that uh, Russia is committing. Uh, what uh, what else would you describe as lethal assistance that wasn't weapons? Again, uh, I'll let uh, I'll let the information that we have uh, and that we're sharing exactly. speak we for itself. It. I will assume uh, you got no name. apology. Um, again, don't want to characterize what he said, but finally, you're um, you're correct. I underscore the and, and importance of having direct lines of communication, the importance of continuing to engage. That's in diplomacy between our countries. Does I that mean uh, their defense minister will pick up the next phone call from Secretary Austin instead of refusing it? Well, it's one of the things that we talked about, uh, the importance of having lines of communication. The importance of having telephones and picking up those phones. I had a seventh grade social studies teacher that looked very much like this guy, and my seventh grade social studies teacher commanded so much more authority and respect. I think he's under orders from Joe Biden to uh, go easy on the Chinese or maybe just sit there and take it. We had a summit a while back in Alaska, a delegation from America, a big delegation from China. Tony Blinken represented us and the Chinese ate our lunch. Challenges facing the United States in human rights are deep-seated. They did not just emerge over the past four years, such as Black Lives Matter. It did not come up only recently. So we do hope that for our two countries, it's important that we manage our respective affairs well, instead of deflecting the blame on somebody else. What do you think the Americans' delegations, their real reaction was when China mentioned Black Lives Matter, huh? Oh, we, what, that was just a scam we used to get elected. Oh, no, we th they're using this stuff against us. Listen to the very weak response. I have to tell you, what I'm hearing is very different from what you described. Uh, I'm hearing deep satisfaction that the United States is back, that we're reengaged with our allies and partners. I'm also hearing deep concern about some of the actions your government is taking. 
uh, and we'll have an opportunity to discuss those uh, when we get down to work. When we get down to work. Now, that was the opportunity right then and there to stick it right back in their face. They called you out over Black Lives Matter, tried to say that you're a bunch of hypocrites. You got to stand up for us in the moment and you couldn't handle it. All right. Anyway, it's President's Day. Easy to forget. Uh, people just are kind of treating this as a, it's a day off. It's not a day of, of celebration. It's not a day to admire George Washington and how he founded our country and what they went through. This is like, it, I, I didn't realize he crossed the Delaware on Christmas Day. It was Christmas. It's so freezing out there. What he did for all of us. Abe Lincoln. All right. Uh, both of these men, they have their birthdays right around now, so they combined it for President's Day. We were so blessed that these men were born when they were born, where they were born, and they deserve to be recognized, don't they? By our government, at least, right? No, nothing, nothing from the White House today about President's Day. It's all about Joe and his Ukrainian super tour. The Department of Defense did put this out. I thought it was, yeah, it's about, no, diversity, something about diversity. Uh, diversity is a strategic imperative critical to mission res readiness. Diversity is a strategic imperative critical to mission readiness and accomplishment. No, it's not. No, it's not. And look at this. How festive and what? Happy President's Day. Is that overwhelming or what? And look at this little message on top. Uh, thank you for your contributions to the DOD. They're thanking presidents for their contributions to the DOD. Kind of like an employer, when an employee moves on, we thank you for your contributions to us, the employer, the DOD, the swamp, <laughs> the president's work for the DOD, your contributions. That's very swampy, isn't it? Stay with us, we'll be right back. This is Christopher Fitzgerald. He was shot and killed Saturday night in Philadelphia. A police officer with the Temple University Police Force, uh, just 31 years old. Uh, there had been a, a robbery that he was investigating. He was shot in the face and killed. He leaves behind a wife and four children. Now, the alleged gunman is in custody, Miles Pfeffer. 18 years old, uh, charged with murder, uh, fatally shooting Officer Fitzgerald, and then trying to rob the officer's gun. And shortly after that, he's alleged to have committed a carjacking. So he's in custody. And there was this, um, actually on Valentine's Day, 26-year-old Alexandria Boris, uh, mother of two, she got into an argument with the alleged gunman while loading groceries into her car, and she was shot and killed, shot in the back. Uh, here's the suspect, Christina Harrison, 23 years old, charged with murder. Uh, this is the individual responsible. So let's take a look at the, the victims side by side. Two amazing people, gone, um, married, children, and uh, productive members of the community. The suspects, the ones in custody. And, you know, as I looked at this case, I kind of wondered, is it possible? Let's take the guy on the, on the left, the man who allegedly killed the cop. If it turns out that he's the man, do you think he's seen any of this over the past uh, couple of years? 
police are supposed to protect and serve, but it's clear that they are protecting the beneficiaries of inherent racist policies. And of course, cities have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started. How about community, real community policing, as opposed to suppression and racist policing? Whether some policing is racist in its intent or in its impact. Absolutely. I do believe that there are aspects of the criminal justice system that are, you know, systemically racist. You know, I hear that folks who were concerned about the election, the fairness of the 2020 election, I'm one of them that somehow we brought on the tragic events of January 6th. So if you go by that logic, and we'll talk about that some other time, but what about what you just heard and the glorification of the protests and the riots, right, against police? I mean, who's the good guy in this exchange, right? Who are the, who are the righteous people in the, in the opinion of the media? It's not, it's not on the side of the cops. It's on the side of the people pointing the fingers at the cops, all right? That's... That's quite clear. So I wonder about these suspects. Now, in the other case, in the parking lot, what might have led to a shooting after an argument? I don't know. But I'm wondering if the current climate, uh, this hyper-awareness out there, and this hypersensitivity, especially when it comes to, excuse me, white women sticking up for themselves, You've heard about this, right? The whole Karen craze. We'll find out in the trial if there is one. But when it can be nationalized, a woman trying to protect her building and her own safety, if that can become network news. Do you remember this? The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. You believe this guy? demanding proof it was an argument between two people in a vestibule and it's on national news that whole karen thing has had a real impact Uh, people are being singled out because of the color of their skin and their gender and that's wrong police we've put them on their heels right did you see what happened in austin a major push i mean they tried. They ejected the police out of an area where they were so intent on drag racing and endangering everybody who was involved. I mean, everybody. Those crazy donuts, all that stuff they do. Uh, from what we can see here, these maniacs ejected the police. And with the numbers that they've got and the current, you know, uh, climate, you can do that somehow. It's sad and it's dangerous. But here's a story that I like a lot. All right. Here in New York City, the cops did a great, great job under, well, tremendous, tremendous pressure. You know what happens when somebody's trying to arrest someone? Everybody wants to get involved. Everybody wants to make it difficult for the cops. It happened on a subway platform, we believe, in Brooklyn. We don't know what the guy is alleged to have done, but the cops wanted to arrest him. And they don't owe an an explanation to everybody on the train. Check it out. 
Everybody can see y'all. Every single person. Turn around, put your hands behind your back. For what? Turn around, put your hands behind your back. How am I you don't need to be doing that, okay? Don't do that. Let it go. Let it go. We gotta go. Guy's asking him, you're under arrest. Please put your hands behind your back, all right? And everyone's hassling the cops here. Uh, he's holding a pepper spray, we believe. Next. Why are you pepper spray? That's the You're not even doing nothing. What the Badge number, please. Badge number, please. Where's your boss? Everybody trying to get these cops in trouble. They haven't done anything wrong. Nothing. Zero. The cops are doing a great job. Next. Badge number. Don't push. Now, this is my favorite part, okay? That woman twice tried to disrupt the arrest. Got in the middle of it. Stay out of it. That's a good way to get yourself arrested, and she gets arrested. The cops have a responsibility, a duty to keep people out of the scene when they're arresting somebody. That's dangerous for everyone. Next. You hear that? They all want to talk to the manager. The manager! Get me the manager! Uh, well, one more. Supervisor! Can we Y'all need to call the supervisor right now! Call the supervisor! Call the supervisor! <laughs> call the supervisor! They don't realize that the supervisor's already there. You see the chevrons? He's the sergeant. He's the boss. And he did a great job. By the way, everybody, all the cops... Not that it's really important, but they happen to be all officers of color. And I noticed that the people yelling and screaming, uh, the white liberals, they just calling out cops. Oh, boy. Well, good job, uh, gentlemen. Uh, how this happened, how we came to this moment where young college kids are yelling and screaming at cops, how that happened, because it hasn't been going on for all that long. I documented in my book. Uh, very proud of this. It was done in large part for political reasons to help Barack Obama. The seeds planted in 2011, 2012, all to help Barack Obama. Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement. Available wherever books are sold. President Trump had a special message about uh, law enforcement and crime today. You know, he is running a campaign. He's declared and he's running and he's talking about substantive issues all the time. The media, they just care about horse race and the silly stuff. He's talking serious issues. Take a look. Joe Biden and the defund the police Democrats have turned our once great cities into cesspools of bloodshed and crime. There's never been anything like it. 
because police forces have been gutted by Democrats' war on police, I will sign a record investment in hiring, retention, and training for police officers nationwide. So important. This bill will also increase vital liability protections for officers because the Democrats want to take those protections away from our police. After the radical Marxist prosecutors who are abolishing cash bail, refusing to charge crimes, and surrendering our cities to violent criminals, they have surrendered like never before. I will direct the DOJ to open civil rights investigations into radical left prosecutors' offices, such as those in Chicago, L.A., and San Francisco, to determine whether they have illegally engaged in race-based enforcement of the law. Good for him and good for us. Good luck, Mr. President. Stay with us. Hunter Biden is selling paintings, crummy paintings, left and right. We'll be right back. They won't give you the facts. They don't tell the truth. Their bias is incredible. Now millions are turning to Eric Bowling, the balance to get the real story. Watch him on Newsmax. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Well, all day long, again, the fake news telling me that uh, Joe Biden's like Churchill going into a war zone, unprecedented. I have a lot of problems with that whole characterization, but there he is in Ukraine, walking with Zelensky so far. What's the total? How much have we given to them? Yeah, $196 billion with apparently no end in sight. What did today's trip mean? Where are we in this thing? Let's bring in the experts. Blaine Holt, retired Brigadier General for the United States Air Force and U.S. Deputy Military Rep to NATO. And Fred Flights, Senior Fellow, America First Policy Institute and former Chief of Staff to the National Security Council. First to you, Fred, what ha what's the significance of today? What's your reaction to it? Well, look, I give uh, Biden credit for doing something that was gutsy. I know this is going to boost the morale of people in Ukraine. Uh, but I thought this trip was incredibly irresponsible. There are no U.S. troops on the ground. Ukraine is not a strategic concern to the United States. And how can Joe Biden be visiting Ukraine when he hasn't been to the southern border? He hasn't been to East uh, Palestine. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with the American First Policy Institute. I believe the interests of the American people must come first. How can President Biden be in Ukraine when, have the, when we have these urgent 
concerns in our country. And by the way, you just said there's no strategic concern of the United States uh, in terms of Ukraine? Well, that's exactly right. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. This invasion of, of Ukraine is not threatening U.S. interests. These people who allege that after Russia, if Russia was to take Ukraine, it's not going to invade the rest of NATO. I, it's in the interest of the Ukrainian government to claim that. But the Russian military has been broken so badly. I, I mean, it isn't going to take Ukraine. If it does, it's still going to yeah. be broken. I think we have to stop the exaggerations. If anything comes out of this trip, my hope is that Biden pushed Zelensky to talk about a peace settlement and an end of the war. My fear is that he isn't. Biden's yeah. approach is we're going to be there as long as it takes. That is not the approach the American people support. General Holt, what are your thoughts, please? I, I'm really right there with Fred. Um, I don't think this was a smart move at all. Uh, I, I think politically, uh, Team Biden was trying to avoid the optics with all of their history in Ukraine of actually being there uh, in the country, uh, given what their family has business-wise going on there. But, but moreover, we asked the Russians for essentially permission. We told them that um, don't fire on Kiev uh, because the president's coming. Here's why that's dangerous. The reason it's dangerous is because now the Russians are sitting back saying, oh my goodness, the Americans thought we were always going to start bombing Kiev. Well, is that now on the table since they had to ask us to create a little envelope where there wasn't going to be a surprise for our president? Um, you know, in terms of strategic value of Ukraine, I just think that we have, you know, it's OK to support Ukraine. I'm not sure it's OK for four years worth of the Afghanistan war uh, at that level of resource when we've disregarded inflation, disregarded our southern border. We don't take care of potential domestic terrorism happening right before our very eyes. And, um, and and we've got our priorities out of whack. And so we're not visiting Ohio today. We're, we're visiting Kiev. Uh, Lindsey Graham, um, heavyweight in the United States Senate, military man, by the way, spent some time in the Air Force. I was surprised. Is this going to happen? F-16s to Ukraine? Uh, take a look at this on one of the Sunday shows. So we need to do two things quickly. Make Russia a state sponsor of terrorism under U.S. law which would make it harder for China to give weapons to Russia. And we need to start training Ukrainian pilots on the F-16 now. Uh, General, uh, I was taken aback by that. I don't think, do they, they have no F-16s in their arsenal, so they'd be our F-16s and our training? Right, and that couldn't happen for a very long time. The train-up to be uh, combat-sufficient and, and prepared in an F-16 is, is a very long time. The only way to potentially do something like this would be getting F-16s on a lend-lease basis and then having contract pilots fly them. But, but unless there's some sort of strategy behind this, which seems to be the missing word in all of this for what the end game could be, I don't understand these measures. I don't understand the fits and starts of the uh, of the support for the war. You know, the, the Ukrainians have needs, they don't get met, and then all of a sudden the rhetoric starts and you get all the neocons rolled out. You've got uh, Senator McConnell out there saying this is the number one priority in the world. Um, and I don't see a lot of diplomatic efforts at all to, to off-ramp or take this thing uh, into a different direction than where it's going. And it's getting very dangerous because the stakes are going up. 
All right. Listen, I am a uh, commentator. I have certain views on on Joe Biden and where he comes from and who he is as a person. But let's try to put let's make this as apolitical as possible. Hunter Biden did have a no show job with Burisma. Uh, Joe Biden did brag publicly about getting that prosecutor fired. Uh, Joe Biden went to Ukraine uh, three days before the end of his vice presidency. I mean, take the politics out of it. Fred, do you think he's compromised or at least the appearances are such that he could not get a job with the federal government on contracting matters over all those things I just mentioned. Well, we have this debate in Washington uh, whether uh, Biden's policies in, in situations like Ukraine are driven by malevol malevolence or incompetence. Malevolence meaning he's been corrupted, incompetence meaning he doesn't know what he's doing. I think it's mostly incompetence, but I, I don't disregard that concerning Ukraine and China that he has been influenced uh, by some of the things that happened before he was president. But I think most of Biden's foreign policy is the result of someone who just simply doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have a good worldview. He has a terrible staff around him. He bumbles from situation to situation. You know, before we look into conspiracy theories of whether Biden has been corrupted, I would just look at a simple explanation. This man's just fr frankly out of his league. Yeah. Uh, and maybe he's working for somebody who is pulling the strings. I don't know. Final thoughts, General Holt. Yeah, this is the part where uh, I think Fred and I differ a little bit. I'm going to go to the malevolence side. I think that there is enough there there when you take a look at everything that's happened in China, everything that's sitting on the laptop that everybody now agrees is real. Uh, there, uh, The Burisma connections, I think there are enough factors that warrant investigation into why a national security team impaneled for two years could have zero victories so far. Zero wins, and America is the one on the south end of this thing. By the way, you know what's worth reading again? The transcript of the phone call between Trump and Zelensky. Uh, Zelensky is, seems very savvy and very hip to the fact, to the idea that Joe Biden just might be compromised. It's, uh, it's been wildly mischaracterized and that we had an impeachment over this is totally insane. Blaine Holt, uh, Fred Flights, appreciate it so much to be continued and we'll be right back. can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, dude. And they always love to say about the 2020 election, no evidence of widespread fraud. They're always talking about the, the widespread fraud. Let's talk about widespread. Widespread, they say, right? I found no evidence of widespread fraud. His Justice Department found no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Finding no widespread fraud. Georgia's Republican Secretary of State says there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Widespread fraud. No evidence. Widespread. Widespread is the key word. Let's take Georgia. What if there was an incident of fraud, say, in the northwestern corner of the state, and maybe all the way down in the southeastern corner. That would be kind of wide, <laughs> a widespread, if you will, right? Um, because there was fraud. There's fraud in every single election. And it doesn't take too many votes in a very tightly divided country to sway an election, potentially. What does widespread fraud mean? What, what is widespread? Widely diffused or prevalent, widely extended or spread out. Uh, look, it's a term of art. 
and there is some wiggle room in it. And I'm just not convinced. I'm not I'm not convinced that the election was totally fair. Okay, it's okay to say that. And I know that President Trump said nothing illegal in Georgia on that phone call. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. Yeah. He says he needs to find, he said he wanted to find those votes, not create them, not make them, not fill out ballots, which I know happened in the election somewhere, right? There were a lot of ballots flowing around. Anyway, that's not a crime. They're trying to make it into one. The Sunday shows, oh boy, they're bad. Just for the right, you know how bad they are, right? Uh, Here's an example of just how bad they can be. Listen to this. Anti-black racism is everywhere. We know that. That is part of the training that these officers receive, that black and brown equals danger. Right. Those kinds of comments are made and everybody sits there. Even Chris Christie just sits there. Officers are trained to view black and brown people as dangerous. Okay, whatever. Um, Wrong. Sunday shows are still obsessed with Trump. When people say that Trump isn't a factor or he has no chance to win, would they be talking about a guy who has no chance to win as much as they are? And they're talking about him a lot. Let's go through it. They talk about him more than Joe Biden. Um, Yesterday, 13 mentions of Joe Biden on the ABC News show. How many of Donald Trump? Uh, 30. Okay, 13, 30. There you go. Uh, Let's take a look at another channel. Meet the Press. uh, Wait, what is this? Yeah, Meet the Press. Three mentions of Joe Biden. How many of Donald Trump? Uh, 37. (laughs) No contest. Last week on the Meet the Press show, 15 mentions of Joe Biden. How many for Donald Trump? 22. Okay. See what I mean? Want to do one more? Let's do one more. Okay, 12 mentions. on January 29th, how many of Trump on the This Week show? Uh, 13. Okay, pretty even. But Donald Trump is a major, major force. They know it. They always try to dismiss him, but they wouldn't be talking about him this much if he really wasn't a factor. Right? Right. I'll be right back. So Hunter Biden stinks at art. (laughs) Art critics agree. He's not a painter. It's totally ludicrous. But he's out there actually selling paintings for a lot of money. Let's go through it. Oh, and we're not hearing anything about the buyers. Approximately 12 of Hunter's paintings sold to anonymous buyers. At one point, they said we would be told the gallerist will tell us. But his gallerist, the guy standing behind him, the guy who owns the gallery, Uh, He's not telling anybody. He's not providing the House Oversight Committee disclosures on Hunter's anonymous buyers. That's totally weird. And they did hint early on when we found out about this scheme that there'd be more information, at least from the gallerist. I'd refer you to the gallerist for questions about uh, the event. We've spoken to the specifics what the gallerist has agreed to and what uh, per- what recommendations were made. I've done that several times. I point you to the gallerist on uh, specifics of the restrictions that were put in place. We were very transparent about what recommendations were made to the gallerist, uh, and I would again point to them or the many times I've spoken about that from here. I've never in my life heard the word gallerist. <laughs> Until she said it. Anyway, uh, even Obama-era ethics officials say that this is 
This stinks, this whole situation. Uh, this guy did ethics for Barack Obama. We have no way of monitoring whether people are buying access to the White House. What these people are paying for is Hunter Biden's last name. Absolutely. Uh, Joe Biden in Ukraine today, you know, wherever he goes, he does something he shouldn't do. And, well, he grabs somebody, a man this time. Take a look. Touching a man and commenting on his arms. How well could he know this guy? He just met him. Get your hands off him. And Joe, we talked to you about this being too touchy, not only with women, but men. And you acknowledged you had a problem. But today I want to talk about gestures of support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. And I always tried to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, and, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. Yeah, and he said he would change, and he didn't. And grabbing some guy, I mean, the guy's got other problems, probably not too upset about it. But hands off, Joe. Enough already. Enough. Biceps feeling up some guy. It's wrong. It's totally wrong. And it's totally weird, too. Be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Thanks for your help on this. Newsmax, we continue to be blacked out in 13 million DirecTV subscriber homes. That is so wrong. AT&T, they own DirecTV. Uh, they cut Newsmax's signal back on January 24th and making Newsmax the second conservative news channel uh, deplatformed by DirecTV in the past year. Uh, now it's time to stand up to DirecTV and make your voices heard, okay? DirecTV claims they're saving you money. This is not true. They're keeping 22 liberal channels that cost you much more than Newsmax. Uh, all of them have lower ratings. You can support free speech and support Newsmax and oppose censorship. Uh, call today. It just takes a few minutes. And also, if you don't mind, go to IWantNewsmax.com. IWantNewsmax.com. And you can sign our petition. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow.